Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and we are Stranger Than. This time, we will be talking to you about a creature that damn near everybody is familiar with, the elusive Bigfoot, or Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Just right off the bat, I'm going to say that I I am a believer when it comes oh, yeah. to this. Totally. I, uh, I, I, I completely believe that uh, Bigfoot exists. Oh, yeah. They are out there. Oh, oh yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm in that camp. Uh, in <laughs> modern-day United States, people report sightings of Sasquatch from the west to the east. According to BFRO.net, 48 states have reported Bigfoot sightings. The top five in order being Washington State, California, Florida, Ohio, and Illinois. There have also been sightings in nine of 13 Canadian provinces, Australia, China, Malaysia, Russia, Indonesia, the Himalayans, and a smattering of other countries. BFRO.net is the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, and it is this organization that you can report Bigfoot sightings to, and there is a shitload of information on the site. They even will take you on expeditions. They've got expeditions open to non-members, so that's pretty cool. Wow, Bigfoot expeditions, huh? Yeah, so they take you out to places. There's a place in Washington, California, Montana, Colorado. There's some places on the uh, east part of the, in, like Midwest and East Coast as well. Uh, South Carolina, mm. Missouri, Massachusetts, uh, where they just probably take you into the woods and try and make contact. I'm surprised that Illinois has so many sightings. I actually have a story out of Illinois to share, but um, yeah, that that one surprised me a little bit. Washington, obviously, but oh yeah, yeah, Washington, <laughs> obviously. Did you know that it is legal to shoot uh, Bigfoot or Sasquatches? in Texas, but Washington and New York have laws that protect them. Yes. State laws. <laughs> uh, there is actually, uh, I just saw this today, which is funny because of us recording, but in Oklahoma, Representative, Representative Justin Humphrey, Republican, introduced House Bill 1648, and this is urging the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Commission to establish a Bigfoot hunting season. So he wants to make it so that there is a basically a time and a place for hunting Bigfoot. You'll need to get a license. You'll have to get a permit. You'll have to pay money for everything. It's, it's, a, it's a thing he wants to do. That's kind Sounds of funny. Sounds like a way just to like get like state revenue because even though there's bigfoot sightings it doesn't seem like there's a huge amount uh of bigfoot creatures it's so much that you can i mean to openly hunt them i mean that's I know, for, like it's... animals that there's like too many of and you need to do it for like the health of the the herd right right it seems like <laughs> that's kind of a, a a weird thing to do for an endangered a possibly endangered species right i mean there definitely doesn't seem to be a whole lot of them around no no 
uh, stories of them are basically as old as time, however. Many they Native American are. tribes have stories of Sasquatch, though like humans today, they don't necessarily agree on what it actually is. Northwestern tribes tended toward it being a flesh-and-blood creature. It did all the things that all the other creatures did. It ate, it slept, it mated, it had young, it pooped. It did just, you know, animal things. Well, everything poops, you know. Everything poops. It is thought of as something that was animal as well as human, and so it had special power, but was still made of just flesh and bone. Many other tribes from the southwest to the east thought differently, however. They felt this beast to be of a more spiritual nature, sent to teach them something. The Cherokee believed that Sasquatch is both spirit and physical and can shapeshift. They believe that they may show themselves as orbs of light, which is something we'll talk a little bit about later. Okay. Today, theories as to what this creature is vary. The idea that Sasquatch is a spiritual or extra-dimensional being persists today, as does the belief that it is an extraterrestrial. There are also those that believe it to be a Gigantopithecus, a megafaunal primate that is thought to have gone extinct around 310,000 years ago, or some other lost species of great ape. It is also believed by some that the Sasquatch is the product of the infamous and unholy union of fallen angels and human women. You know, the Nephilim. Right? We talk about them all the time, seemingly. Hollow Earth, Giants, the Maldek episode, that's just to name a few. Well, you know, I was thinking a little bit on... Uh, not, you know, human and fallen angels, but just human and animal uh, inner species mating uh, the last few weeks. You, know, you might think I'm getting nice. off subject here, but <laughs> I'm going to bring it right around. <laughs> so recently, when I traveled to North Carolina, I am finally east of the middle of the United States on a road trip. Yay! After being in Washington, upper left corner for a long time, I'm finally going right of center. So, we took the opportunity to go to White Castle Burgers. Oh, how was that? Oh, it was so delicious. Loved them. We ordered like 30 fucking sliders. Because they're, yeah, <laughs> they they're were, the small ones. Yeah, they're the tiny little ones. And you know, that, yeah. I mean, this was all like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And it's like 20 years after that movie, finally... Me and Jarek and kids going to White Castle. I was thinking about the movie White Castle, and I was remembering this kind of happened to us while we were going to White Castle. Uh, Google led us to a restaurant that was not White Castle. And this happens in the movie, where they end up somewhere and a different restaurant has replaced it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And they're like, oh, should we just order from here? And the guy's kind of a freak. You know, he just wants to burn the motherfucker down because White Castle's so delicious and this place just sucks. And then he tells them that, you know, the special sauce that day was semen. And they're just kind of like, yee. And then he goes, animal semen. And then they're like, yee. And like, that's the point when they like get the fuck out of there. So I'm like, okay, so that like really kind of crosses the line there. I mean, obviously, you don't want to like consume semen against your will when it's like human semen. That's still like really gross, even though even for those of us that are like, okay, with like consuming semen. Still, no, you don't want some random stranger semen in your burgers. You No, it's a very like, consent that like, you require consent for that. 
Right, exactly, exactly. But somehow the idea of consuming animal semen, like, that is just, like, blah. That's, like, really, really crossing the line. And I wondered, like, you know, why is that? Why is there such an aversion, like, when you hear stories about bestiality? And I feel like, deep down, like, there's, like, this... It's not just the fact that, like, okay, we should only be, like, fucking within our own species. I think there's, like, a, a a fear, like, within us, an evolutionary fear, maybe, knowing that, like, hey, if we did fuck animals enough, eventually we might be able to produce human-animal offspring, and that could be, like, really bad. Like, imagine a person that was also, like, part dog or part bear or part lion or something like that. Like, that mutant, be half bear, half people. That would be really, really fucked up in my opinion half bear half man half pig yes man bear pig okay you don't want it to happen that's true we don't we don't want any man bear pig we do not want any man bear pig on one episode we did talk about the i think it was like the orangutan or something that was supposedly half person half ape mm-hmm Yes. I what episode that was? Yeah, that it was like in Russia or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I remember that episode. I remember that episode. And I think just subconsciously we just know that like that would be a bad idea. So we just have this natural aversion to anything sexual involving animals. We learned from so, the Nephilim, I guess. We did. <laughs> and uh I'm gonna summarize it in a little uh segment I'm gonna call Deep Thoughts by Joanna Seidlinger, which is a blatant ripoff of Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. And people that are our age would know about this from Saturday Night Live. That's right. Yes. Here it goes. I guess animals don't fuck with people or even other animal species because they know that a crossbreed between two predators would be devastating. Especially if one of those predators was human. Because they're trash. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a perfect segue into describing what a Sasquatch looks like. <laughs> <laughs> we all have that idea in our head, just a big furry person. But like most creatures spread over a wide area, there are physical and also behavioral differences depending on their location. These variations present in height and width, skin color, fur color, and thickness. More like hair color and thickness, not really fur, as it's always described as not being fur, but like person hair. Right. I see some uh, Sasquatches as, you know, like dark brown, black hair, but then some are described as quite ginger. Yes, yes. Other variations are the way they make their noises, whether it be verbal or with objects. Fur is made up of two parts, and so when it comes out, it kind of comes out more in clumps. Hairs are made of single strands, and they get replaced singly. So that's another reason why it looks more like hair is because you're not finding big clumps of fur out and out and about, you know? Mm-hmm. The color is normally black or something, or something dark, but reddish colors and tan colors have also been reported as well as all white they oftentimes have gray on them and they 
believe it's because those are the older ones, just like humans go gray as they get older. Right. Well, I mean, you see dogs and other animals also go gray as they oh, get yeah. older. Yeah. They tend to have longer hair on their head and shorter hair on their face. The females tend to have fairer faces than the males. And you can tell their gender or their sex by their junk. The females have breasts and those are covered in fur, but with not furry nipples. And you can sometimes <laughs> see the male's penises, but sometimes it's also just buried in hair. So apparently this reminds it's... me of one of my favorite memes, and I've I've brought this up before. The the real question is: Does Bigfoot have a human dick or one of those red rocket things like a dog? Human dick is apparently uh, the <laughs> consensus. More human dick, anyway. Well, that's good because that really grosses me out. Yeah, you don't like the red rocket thing. No, that's... I I can't imagine Bigfoot lipstick coming out like. Yeah, no, no one wants that. Mm. -mm. Some have thinner hair, while others have matted hair, kind of dreadlocky. They are also reported to stink to high fucking heaven. Like, stink yeah. bad. I hear garbage is like, there's a, a word used a lot when describing the smell of them. Like, they suddenly smell like rotting trash. Dead stuff. Yeah. Now, gorillas have a function where they can create an odor from their armpits in times of stress. This odor is so bad, it can make a person gag. Wow. So it's hypothesized that Sasquatch has a similar gland, and so that could be what that is. It could also be that they just have a bunch of thick, disgusting hair all over their body, and they're just running around, they don't have sinks, they're just shitting in the woods, and uh, they have, you know, it could just be dirty fucking critter. It could be, although it is interesting, the, the stink gland theory. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I know personally, thing. when I'm, like, really stressed or, furthermore, really angry, my sweat stinks. Oh, yeah. More bad. so than just regular, it's hot sweat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most sightings make remark of the physical size of the creature. It's thought they can get up to about 9 feet tall, 2.75 meters, and weigh up to 800 pounds or maybe a little bit more, which is 360 kilograms or more. Though it's Difficult to know exactly, as there aren't any specimens to study. There have been a number of casts taken of footprints, some measuring up to about 20 inches, 50 centimeters. It's a big fucking foot. That's almost two feet long. The head and neck are almost one, which may or may not contribute to the head looking small for the size of the creature. You know, like those big bodybuilder dudes you see that necks are as wide as their head? That's right. what Sasquatch has. Young Sasquatch seem to have round heads, while both male and female mature Sasquatch have a sagittal crest that gives a, their head a more cone-like appearance. Sagittal crests are found on many mammals and reptiles and exist to allow for broader connectivity of jaw muscles, making their bite stronger. So it's just this bone mohawk going down the center of their head. So those jaw muscles can go up the side and just have a whole bunch of stuff to attach to and just really makes the bite power strong. All kinds of animals have it. Gorillas have it. Mm -hmm. And they have pretty intense biting power. Oh, yeah. As Definitely I said, they have intense biting power. Oh, yeah. They're not even fucking around. Well, it makes sense for something that has to like live in the wild and like, you know, don't bite have your food all cooked and stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
As I said before, the neck is heavily muscled and almost blends in with the head and shoulders. This creature seems unable to move its head independently of its, of its shoulders, which are wider than a person of their size would be, making up to about 40% of the overall height as opposed to 30% in humans. When they look, they have to turn their whole body pretty much to look, their whole shoulders. They're not just looking left and right, moving only their heads. Shoulders aren't the only part of them that is slightly out of proportion with human proportions. Their arms are a little longer, and their knees are located about two-thirds down the leg instead of about halfway down the leg as in humans. The way their legs are shaped gives them a very uncanny-looking gait, almost like they are gliding. People always remark, those that see them running or moving, that it, it looks like they're just gliding. Or yes. like they're on a skateboard or something, and they're still hurtling trees and shit and moving super fucking fast, but it mm -hmm. doesn't look like they're running like it looks like we're running. There's no bobbing up and down of the head, or at least very little bobbing up and down of the head. They also do not appear to be completely bipedal, but have a very slight angle to the spine. That's really only something that could be confirmed if we can find some hip bones or a, you know, critter. They have wider palms than a human, proportionally speaking, of course, while their sh fingers are shorter. Their thumb is located down closer to their wrist, but their fingernails are pretty much just like human fingernails or toenails are pretty much just like human toenails, no claws, no nothing like that. Most times the face is described as close to human, but with a flatter nose and a heavier brow, not many lips, very thin lips, and usually dark eyes. Oftentimes, there's a glow or an eye shine. Normally, it's red, sometimes yellow. Eye shine, or tapturn lucidum, is a layer of tissue that sits behind the retina and reflects light back through the retina to enhance night vision. Cats have it. Dogs have it. Raccoons have it. Deer have it. I think cows have it. Many, mm -hmm. many, many animals have it, though not always red. That's a little bit more rare. Yes, although I feel like deer, it doesn't, you can't see it as well as you can in other critters. That's one of the reasons it's hard to see them when you're driving on the road until you're like right on them. Yeah, it seems like you have to kind of catch them right on. And it's probably because of mm -hmm. just how the shape of their head isn't, it, their eyes yeah. are kind of set on either side of their head. Mm -hmm. But cats and so dogs, I mean, mm -hmm. try Oh, I, yeah. That's out there. It's probably because deer are not predators. And so they will benefit if their eye shine is less Yeah, shiny. I'm sure. Yeah, because <laughs> that makes even, sense. Even the moon can catch the eye shine and, and you know, make that sparkle. Mm-hmm. Sure would be helpful when you're driving uh, late at night, though. God. Yeah. I've had so many, so many, like, really, really close calls. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see deer on my way to work every now and then. I almost hit one one time. It just was runs out in the middle of the road like an asshole. Uh -huh. And I yeah. hit my brake and swerved, and it zagged, and we just, whew. It, was, it would not have been comfortable for either of us. No, no. There was one time where I know I actually, like, clipped it, but just barely, like, caught, like, its its tail, like, you know, very slightly. Like, but it was that close, like... Yeah. Oh yeah, man, it, it was no almost good. an unfortunate collision, and don't even get me started on fucking elk. 
I mean, Jesus Christ, if a deer will fuck your car up, imagine what a fucking elk will do. And those fuckers have tried to make that happen on many occasions on many road trips. Yeah, elk are big motherfuckers. Oh, fuck, they're huge. They don't even run, you know? (laughs) No, they don't care. No, they just stand there in the fucking road. (laughs) Just like, what? Come at me, bitch. The sounds these things make are pretty fucking weird. They make verbal noises, and they also make, I guess, manufactured noises. The manufactured noises are they just bang on trees with big sticks. Just imagine someone taking a baseball bat and just wailing on a tree. That's what these things do. It's like someone hitting a tree with a log. The verbal noises are very strange. There's some that are reported kind of like gibberish. Think of a person who does not speak English attempting to make English-like sounds, trying to emulate the cadence and accent, sort of like when people are trying to speak Spanish and they're just making up Spanish words, or Italian, that's a common one. Mm -hmm. When people just mimic Italian and they, they just do the cadence and the accent, but it's not real words. It kind of sounds right. like that, but in English, it's it sounds a little bit like Welsh, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I don't think it is, but it sounds a little bit like it. Another sound they make is this whooping sound. There's also like a moaning sound. The moaning sound is thought to be made by males. They also hear them huff and snort and growl. And all of these noises sound very much just like animal noises, according to the people that hear them. This is according to some people who have spent almost their whole fucking lives out in the woods. Right. And they're like, I don't know what the shit that is, but it makes some weird noises. There's audio evidence captured in Ohio by Matt Moneymaker of the BFRO in 1994. Uh, this is called the Ohio Sound. <laughs> Now, there's definitely some dogs barking there. I was going to say, is that dogs barking, too? Because I definitely hear that weird, long howl thing. That... Yeah, it sounds like a siren, kind of. Mm-hmm. But that was in 1994 in the middle of nowhere, uh, Ohio. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty crazy-sounding thing. Uh, some whooping, as well as the gibberish, was caught in what's called the Sierra Sounds, captured by Ron Moorhead and Al Berry in the early 1990s. These ones are called the Sasquatch Sierra Sounds. This is a longer clip. There's some wood knocking. Thank you. 
They talk back to him a bit in that. That's like a five minute long thing. So we'll just have the link for that one. So you guys can go take a look at that if you'd like. Or a listen, as the case may be. There's another really short, I mean, this is a short clip of this next one here. It's called The Old Man Alone. And these is the gibberish. They, all call, they also call it like samurai sounds. And I'm not sure why they call it samurai sounds. Hmm. Sounds pretty fucking weird, too. It does. There's other clips you can find. Those were just three examples that I wanted to show just of the weird or play just for the weird different uh, sounds that are just being made that people are capturing even a long fucking time ago. You know, in the 90s and 70s and shit. You can find newer sounds that people have recorded with a little bit higher audio quality. I've heard a whole bunch. There's an, there's another podcast called the Sasquatch Chronicles, and it's a dude here named Wes who's in Washington that hosts it. He just uh, he interviews people who have had Sasquatch experiences from all over the country, and it's yeah a really good podcast. It, I listened to a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah. If you don't believe in Sasquatch now, you will after listening to dozens of people's experiences hundreds of people's experiences he's got like almost 700 episodes and that's a lot (laughs) sometimes two or three people that he's interviewing per episode and so a lot of these sounds he'll play and a lot of the people that he interviews will give him their evidence all these sounds and pictures and shit like that so definitely if you're interested in sasquatch check that out we're gonna tell a few stories today but that has got some serious stories now, on the Sasquatch Chronicles, I was listening to an episode where it was out of South Carolina, and it was in the episode 500-something, and there was, like, two different encounters, and the first one was when she was driving along this uh, really deserted stretch of road, and it wasn't, like, a typical Sasquatch, the way she described it, and I had my daughter and my daughter's friend in the back of the car because I was listening to it while we were driving to the mall. And um, my daughter's friend um, was like, that sounds like Smeagol. (laughs) (laughs) And as she went on to describe it, I'm like, dude, this is this is Gollum or Smeagol, like from Lord of the Rings, like this, like, like kind of shorter than normal, skinny, like totally hairless, bald, like big eyed thing. I'm like, oh, Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not just Sasquatch out there. There's Smeagles out there as well. (laughs) Yeah, right. Fucking nuts. And so then um, my daughter Scarlett piped up uh, that she talked about when uh, we go on like the family camping trips that my friend Matt organizes every summer. She said uh, when we're just, you know, talking about Sasquatch and stuff, she says that when they were younger, um, he would tell her and some of my other friends, kids. That, uh, you know, Bigfoot is out in the woods here. This is in Washington State. And um, he's going to get them unless he, you know, some one of them goes and and gets him a beer from the cooler. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So that was his way of uh, of, uh, (laughs) tricking them into, you know, because he didn't want to get up out of his camp chair. It's like, hey, 
Bigfoot's going to get you unless you go grab me a beer from the cooler. <laughs> Bring it on over <laughs> here to Uncle Matt. That's funny. Yeah, that's a very mad thing to do, too. It in, just made indeed. me laugh so hard. <laughs> in addition to those sounds, there are also reports of Sasquatch mimicking people. In some accounts where people have Sasquatch on their property, a number of terrifying things will happen. But one of those things will be hearing the names of their animals or their spouses that they call for all the time being called from the woods in a a kind of a parodying kind of way. Oh, no. That yeah, is right? Terrifying. So if I let the cat out all the time and I was always yelling back, Persephone, then in that same kind of sing-songy tone, you'd get that mm -hmm. back. But not, not exact. Close, but not exact. And obviously not you. And obviously not you. Because you're just fucking standing there. And so that's super <sighs> creepy. Yeah, you know, Bigfoot has been such a part of our culture, especially, you know, living out in like Washington. It's just like there's Sasquatch shit like everywhere. Oh, yeah. And I get I think maybe you just kind of um, become used to it to where you're almost thinking of him just being like this like friendly creature out there. Uh, and it wasn't until I started like relooking at some of these stories when I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this actually is something that is uh, fucking terrifying most of the time. <laughs> And what's interesting is that it sort of depends where you're at. Apparently, the Sasquatch in Washington State are more curious, less liable to be aggressive. The ones apparently that are in Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Missouri are quite aggressive and will do things like rush people, you know, do do mock mock runs or whatever to, you know, pretend they're going to rush up on someone to try and scare them away. Throwing, doing things like throwing fucking rocks. Big Rock fucking rocks. Rock throwing is a big thing. I've noticed oh, it's a huge thing. Yeah. In a lot of these places, they will fuck up logging machinery. And it's not a way like, oh man, hippies came and did it, you know? No. They will be, like, beaten to fucking shit with, like, giant bare footprints on it or pushed off a, a cliff just completely torn to shit it's i wouldn't go back to that job site <laughs> no <laughs> and a lot of people who have run into bigfoot are have they suffer from ptsd even if nothing bad happens they they suffer a little bit of ptsd they don't want to go back out in the woods at least not right away i mean many people that i've heard stories about are avid hunters like as soon as they're old enough, they're hunting squirrels with a slingshot, and then they get older, and they get a bow, and then a crossbow, and then they finally are old enough to get a rifle, and they're the types of people who just are completely comfortable walking into the woods by themselves with just, you know, their rifle, and they've got their deer blind up, and then something will happen. They'll have this experience. They'll see this thing that they have never seen before. It's not a fucking bear. They know what a fucking bear is. It's not anything they've seen, and it... it flips their wig they can't go back out right i would i would equate that to you know like being a surfer and having a very close experience with a fucking shark exactly. you know and sharks are something that you know obviously everyone knows that they exist but but yeah it's like dude how bad do you want to go back in the water after that Eesh. not not bad yeah especially i mean 
the stories were there at these people's uh, around people's houses just smacking on the sides of the house walls and yes staying just out of the light range so people will just put hella floodlights up all around their house and they'll figure out where they as as far as they can go and then they'll just fuck I, with people yeah i have a couple of the the two stories that i have are instances where it was you know at the house and stuff so yeah those are those are fucking terrifying oh definitely uh now sasquatch the name comes from the bastardization of a salish word sescuts which is probably also me bastardizing the word but i did my best the salish are native american tribes that live in the coastal regions of british columbia washington state and oregon those are actually the coast salish there's other Salish tribes as well, and Salish is, is the language. It's a common language they share. Some tribes included in the Coast Salish umbrella are Chehalis, Muckleshoot, Snohomish, Nisqually, you know, basically all of the main places in Washington State. Yes. <laughs> There's, those, those are <laughs> county names and all kinds of stuff. So that's, uh, that's where we got all our names. Right. The Chehalis, or Sesalis, as they call themselves, have paintings of Sescaats at a place called in English Sasquatch Mountain. These paintings are three to 7,000 years old. In their tradition, the Sescaats are slelicum, or supernatural, and are only seen when they want to be seen. Even just here in America, Sasquatch has several names. There's obviously Sasquatch, there's Bigfoot, uh, Sescaats, there's tons of different native names for it. In Florida, they call them a skunk ape. Several areas have this thing that's called the beast of such and such a place or the monster of something or other. And those yes. are oftentimes just colloquial names for Sasquatch. Yes. Of course, you've got the Yeti and the Abominable Snowman, which are both one and the same, I believe, ape-like creatures that are thought to live in the Himalayan mountains. Most of the evidence comes in the form of just large snow prints. Uh, there are a couple accounts of Western explorers seeing some of these critters off in the distance. Tons of local stories of the natives of whatever, mm -hmm. you know, the Himalayan natives and stuff like that. The stories, there are stories of them making whistling swoosh sounds. The Yeti or Abominable Snowman. And I would say that a whistling swoosh could be a way of describing some of the Sierra sounds. Yeah, definitely. In Australia, they call them Yowie. Descriptions are pretty much the same as Bigfoot, except there seem to be a discrepancy in the number of toes that they have. As with North American Sasquatch, Yowie behavior can vary from shy to aggressive. And then there's other things that sort of get clumped in with Sasquatch, things like the Almas of Siberia, which seem to be similar, but from what I read, they seem to be a little bit more animalistic. They got foot claws, they're more semi-bipedal, where they drop down on all fours more frequently. I mean, Sasquatch are known to drop down on all fours and seem to be just as agile on all fours as they are on two. But it just seems from what I read about the almost, it's not quite the same. Uh, Wendigo is another thing that's thrown around, but I think that's way off. That's more of a malevolent demon-like creature that inhabits a person and turns them into a cannibal, which is Ooh. less Sasquatchy. Yeah, that's, that's not really Sasquatch behavior, I'd say. <laughs> One of the questions that skeptics always have is why they haven't found any evidence in the fossil record. You know, I thought of that myself, but, you know, 
I don't know. Skeletons are hard to find sometimes. I mean, do you, we live in heavily wooded areas, but do you ever just go around seeing like deer skeletons and bear skeletons all over the fucking place? No. Unless it's on the side of the road, but also actual fossils are normally made underwater and not on dry land. Something dies and it's soft bits, skin and all that kind of shit gets broken off by stuff or eaten by scavengers or whatever and then it sinks to the bottom of the water and it lands in the silt or whatever and gets covered with it and shit just covers with it that shit turns to rock there you go you got you got a fossil on mm -hmm. land it can happen in river valleys which is an appropriately named thing because it is simply a valley made by a river normally there's some kind of flooding that occurs and so pretty much on land they got to be underwater in order to be made into a fossil anyway. In the environments that Sasquatch are found, there's not a lot of river valleys. It's usually in mountains or heavily wooded places. So there's just not a lot to find. It's also yeah. remote, so people aren't looking for shit out there. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things that, you know, can be not found in the woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tons <laughs> of things can be not found in the woods including live people that people are searching for day in and yeah. day out so i mean the fact that there's no like um you know bigfoot skulls and stuff uh just laying out there for someone to find it, it really doesn't surprise me i mean we found a lot of homo erectus but there were tons of homo erectus for millions of years and they were mm -hmm. all over the fucking place they're actually the most successful hominid that's ever existed. So that's something I learned. You want to know another fun fact? Uh, yes. That Bigfoot, the name, wasn't actually coined until 1958 by the Humboldt Times. Is that so? In California. It is, yes. Uh, so the this is uh, off of recordbee.com. The author of the article in the Humboldt Times was Andrew Gonzoli, and he was interviewing a guy named Jerry Crew, who had uh, been doing some logging out there in Northern California and had found these 16-inch um, footprints. And he had made casts and had brought evidence, the evidence, it says in air quotes, into the newsroom. Um. So Crew mentioned that the animal in question, which he said that had he had also seen, uh, had a really big foot. And so thus a legend, or at least a legendary name, was born yeah, from there that you article. Go. Bigfoot came around. <laughs> That's <funny. and> came <laughs> That is how Bigfoot the name came to be. Yeah, yeah. Now lots of people have talked about seeing a Bigfoot in alien abduction encounters just on a spaceship and they see a Bigfoot walking around or they see a spacecraft land and pick up or drop off a Bigfoot. You know, if I was abducted by aliens, like, I mean, I'd already be like, what the fucking fuck is going on? And then I look and like, there's like a Bigfoot next to me. I'd be like, oh man, that would really blow my mind. <laughs> right. So like, aliens why? and Bigfoot, I'll be down. <laughs> Now, the orbs are things that people encounter sometimes in these Bigfoot encounters as well. Or 
maybe not at the same time as they see the creature, but in the same area that they have experienced creatures before. Now, the Cherokee believed that if they were to talk to the Bigfoot, that's how they would present themselves or in these orbs. And as sort of their like benign form or their spiritual form or something. They, again, the Cherokee believe them are that believe them to be shapeshifters as well. So maybe that's just like one of the shapes they ship they shift into. But these are, are are orbs of light. They just float around and are just orbs of light. Not so much like the orbs people see when they take pictures. Almost all the time when you see those, it's dust or something like that that the camera is picking up. Not a hundred percent of the time, but. 99% of the time, definitely. These things are ones that you can see with the naked eye, and they just float, and I guess similar to Will-O-The-Wisp, you can't really get close to them. They just kind of float away from you. They're just always kind of away, out of reach. Yeah, and the people equate these with also alien encounters, so it's sort of, a, I mean, all of this is a big mystery, but the orbs are also... A, are, are an even bigger mystery. Mm -hmm. There's also reports of Bigfoot being able to cloak, I guess, sort of like the turn invisible, like the Predator. People will report seeing just like what you see in the Predator. You've seen the Predator, right? Oh, yeah, I've seen the Predator. Yeah, yeah. So when the Predator goes all invisible, it looks like there's heat waves where it is, kind of. You see everything is just sort of blurry behind it, and that's kind of pixelated and yeah, it's almost yeah. like a chameleon, like kind of like it blends into like all the foliage and shit. Yeah, in the in the movie, the way they do it, they say they do it is through light refraction, but I don't know how Sasquatch is supposed to do be able to do it. But apparently, that is something that it can do. Pe people have reported. You know, I think Sasquatch is scary enough without it having, like, cloaking capabilities. <laughs> right, and some people refer to it and say that it has some kind of mind speak, so it can talk to you telepathically. Though, I think I lean a little bit more towards it being a critter, and not right. some sort of extra-dimensional, extraterrestrial thing. Yeah, Bigfoot the Critter is enough for me. And, yes, definitely. And I, and I buy that 100%. Some of the whole, like, okay, magic or alien properties, I'm like, mm, not so much. And I have a tendency to believe it more in Native tradition and mm -hmm. their stories than I do from more recent stories about it, just because it seems to me more credible. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like how I, I tend to like the stories where it's like, you know, all right, maybe you're out in the woods hunting or it's just uh, people that live in really rural areas going about their business and having this encounter. Uh, I'm sure if you, uh, you know, ha own a television like most of us do or a computer or whatever, like you see like the shows like the like the squat, the um, Squatch Hunters shows. and Oh, oh my yeah. God. And like Discovery Bigfoot and stuff. Yes, well, some of those are yes. really bad. Some of those are all right. Some of them are all right, but I just tend to like them as much as I do Ghost Hunters, which is basically not at all, because my problem with it is it's not that I think some of these people lack credibility. Like, I believe in their credentials and their expertise, but when you have, like, a reality TV show that is, um, you know, 
like the whole point of it is to like reveal the truth, then they just get way too over the top. You know, they're out there with their night vision and like yeah. this little like you know, you hear a little knocking and it's like, Oh, what was that? Oh my god. You know? <laughs> it's out there, it's out there. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, no. Uh, recently the one with Zach Baggins, I think that's Ghost Hunters, I can't remember. They went to the Stay on Main, the Cecil Hotel, and I wanted yeah. to watch that episode, but they are just too over the top for me. Yeah, I just, I just, I just I can't, can't. can't. Yeah, I just, I can't with that either. And then there's the problem too of, um, you know, when these shows get really popular, like these reality TV shows, or it's somebody out there trying to get like a viral video of Sasquatch, um, things can go terribly awry, such as a certain individual randy lee tenley age 44 of kalispell montana according to the la times in 2012 he was uh dressed up in some of that hunter um like the the hunter camouflage stuff. like the ghillie suit where it's got the all ghillie the ghillie suit yeah he was he was wearing a ghillie suit and jumping out in front of cars hoping to spark a bigfoot sighting yeah that's dumb. and yeah, and he got hit and and killed um by by a teenage girl that was just driving down the road and he like jumps out and wow I mean, god I mean it sucked like he died but also I mean imagine being that poor that chick poor girl who was had driving. to live yeah. through that my god uh -huh. yeah and I mean I, I read several articles on it not just the one from the LA Times because I was like well maybe was he just out there looking because a lot of these reality TV shows that are hunting, you know, Sasquatch hunting, they will wear those ghillie suits in order to blend in so that they can, you know, not be seen by Bigfoot and and hopefully capture images of them. So I wanted to make right, sure before right. I said it, like, was this guy really trying to hoax or was he actually out there looking? But several sources say, like, yeah, he was dressed up like that not to find Bigfoot, but to impersonate him. Because I thought of that, too, when I was watching one of the shows, like, you could be mistaken for maybe you're just seeing another guy out there dressed in the same yeah. thing you are because you look thought, pretty you know, bigfooty right now. <laughs> in some of those shows, they'll be out there and they'll be because a lot of times what will happen is they'll go out into these these woods and they'll be making these whooping sounds and banging on trees and they'll get responses. So I always imagine that they're out there doing it and they're like, oh, my God, we get a response. And on the other side of the woods is a different crew doing right. the same shit like, oh, my God, <laughs> we're getting this kind of response. I mean, I know that's, I mean, they go, they're going out to these places that are fucking remote. I mean, they're not just going right, out right. into, you know, the backwoods here in Duval or whatever. They're going fucking deep. And they're right. seeing, some of the things they're seeing out there are crazy. Like, you don't, you're like, oh, those are just a bunch of fallen trees. And then you look at them and you're like, no, these aren't a bunch of fallen trees. They're broken in even lengths and stacked up kind of like a teepee. Mm -hmm. That's fucking weird. And that they're is fucking weird. big around and they don't have chop marks. They don't have saw marks. Although every little tree knock is not, you know, I mean, they just make such a huge deal about it. It's like, dude, that's probably a fucking deer. Uh, I mean, deer totally knock on trees when they're shedding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they have to, you know, shed their, the bucks have to shed their antlers uh, every year. And so they make all kinds of racket and gouge up trees and stuff like that, like rubbing that, the fuzz off of their antlers. Yeah. Yeah. The them. velvet or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. and, and, and with that, I mean, I know that is a thing and there's, there's animals in the woods that do weird shit, but I, 
I'm not an avid woodsman. These guys, a lot of these guys, <laughs> these hunters and shit are. Yeah. And they know what that sounds like because they've sat there watching a deer do that before, you know, in the woods probably many times. And they've, they've physically witnessed these things because they're sitting, n- not moving for some yeah. time, just waiting for a shot. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not the stories from the hunters. It's just mostly the TV shows. And I mean, yeah, the TV like shows. I said, I don't doubt their credentials um, either. But, you it's know, I mean, TV at least show, one suggest, you know? Yeah, at least one suggestion I have would be like change the music up a little bit. It needs to stop with like the dun 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 dun, dun cut to commercial <laughs> cliffhanger. What did they see? Oh, yeah, nothing again. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, you know, do that's a little bit true. more of a like a like a like a scary, you know, like a slow music, moving music, scary, like creepy, like a little creepy ambiance going on would be well, so much a lot better of these than just are... like over the top, like dun 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 dun. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are just for entertainment, <laughs> and I would right. like it would, I would like to see a more serious led documentary style like go into the woods for like a year you know you see these incredible nature pictures where this photographer sat in this place for five years to get this perfect picture of like a a black leopard and then a, a, a an albino leopard and it's just one looks like there's the shadow of the other some fucking crazy shit and it, yeah he, like it spent so much time. it would be really great if something like that could happen but trying to find sasquatch yes i agree will you have a few stories for us yes first one is the one out of illinois now i i heard this first on youtube by a youtube channel by mr sinister who i guess also has a podcast i haven't listened to that but when he was saying it i'm like okay this this probably came from reddit so i did a search for it and i found the actual story on reddit so i'm going to quote the story from reddit and it was posted by you backslash jody man and this is pretty recent but it's it's going uh he's 50 years old but this is going back to when he was like a little kid like three or four years old i live near lincoln illinois lincoln is pretty centrally located in central illinois It is 30 miles from the state capital of Springfield, 35 miles each from Bloomington, Normal, Peoria, and Decatur. It has a population of about 12,000. I am now 50 years old, but when I was a little boy of three or four, me and my family had an encounter with the Salt Creek Monster. The Salt Creek Monster. Yes. Yeah, it's like, you know, the the monster of such and such, the such and such monster, the such and such beast, you know. Yep. If you live in central Illinois, that is pronounced crick, not creek. LOL. (laughs) At the time, we lived out in the country less than a fourth of a mile from Salt Creek. This was two miles outside an extremely small little village, Kenny, Illinois. My mother witnessed it cross the road right before the bridge that crossed Salt Creek. My brothers had been down there night fishing and placing out night lines. My mom drove down to the bridge to get the boys and tell them to get back up to the house. It was almost 10 p.m. and they weren't going to be allowed to stay out there all night. One of my brothers told my mom they had seen Bigfoot. Her, not believing them, told them, well, you two boys get in the car and come on home. They told her they had to gather their fishing poles and gear 
and to please wait while they got it, and they would walk back up to the house. She agreed and waited while they did that, and then they started back down the road. One of my brothers was on foot and one on his bike. As they took off, she drove on towards the bridge to turn around in a little gravel drive right before the bridge. She had her driver's side window down. As she got to the drive, a horrible smell of garbage mixed with rotten, se rotten sewage water practically smacked her through the window. Wow, that is just a fucking descriptive... Yes. <laughs> Man, that sounds... That sounds great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. In the headlights, a six-foot-tall, man-shaped thing crossed the headlights from one side of the road to the other. It was light gray and completely hair-covered. It looked directly at the car as it passed by. She says she'll never forget those glowing yellow eyes. She said she had the hair on her arms, neck, and head all stood on end and she's never felt that scared since. She turned into the drive on the right side of the road and slammed the gear shift into reverse, quickly doing a three-point turn to back away from the bridge and back up the road to the house. As she went toward the house, this thing was running down the road. It was a full moon that night. The boys have been looking back as they went to see where mom was, and they saw this huge, muscular, man-shaped thing running in their direction. They later said they looked back because this thing must have weighed a lot because they felt it running on the paved county road before they saw it. My brother that was on foot was scared so bad he passed my other brother on his bicycle running. Oh, God. Mom was freaked out because it looked like it was going after the boys. She swerved over at the creature, and it jumped off the right side of the road, down 15 feet into the deep ditch, let out a blood-curdling scream. Everyone got back up to the house, quickly and quickly got into the house. We locked all the doors and windows. They later said they could hear it walking around the house. It was thudding into the ground and breathing loudly as it went by windows. My sister and her best friend were sleeping out in a camper that fit into the bed of a pickup truck. They heard something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, real quick here. Like, if that had just happened, I'd be like, no, you and your friend get your ass into the house. Like, you're not sleeping outside. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Well, it sounds to me like they were already in the camper when all this went down. Everyone got in the house, shut the doors, and like, oh, shit, there's be. those two kids in the camper. It's like, oh, they're gone for. <laughs> kind of like in Tremors, you know? They're yeah. the kid with the, the headphones and the pogo stick. Right? Uh they heard something walk up to the camper and circle it five to six times. They could hear deep, heavy breathing. And the dog that was scared of nothing under the truck was whining. It slapped the side of the camper and rattled the doorknob. The two girls stayed completely still and even held their breath. They were trying so hard to be quiet. After what seemed like forever, but was in reality probably 30 or 40 seconds, they finally heard whatever it was. They never looked out any window to see. They heard something thud off in the direction of Salt Creek. Sometime later, they heard something off in the distance in the same direction. They heard the thing that only moments before had been circling their camper 
Screech. End of story. Yeah, those experiences, from what everyone always says, don't usually last very long, but they seem like they last a long time. Sometimes they do last. Like, there's stories of people camping and having these things walking around their campsite, and they'll get up and and go and, like, hide in their car, and there's things will be, like, throwing rocks at their car and just fucking with them all night, and then morning comes, they're wide-eyed and freaking out and those things these things have taken off by then and mm-hmm. well when you're scared shitless like 30 or 40 seconds seems like a long time oh definitely and every little thing seems much louder every little net sound seems much louder now every report i've heard of these things is that they are loud and that you can they're so large that you can feel it when they are vocalizing, especially when they're screaming and stuff like that. Yeah. Ugh. And the whole thing where you could, like, feel the road moving. Oh, my God, yeah. Because it was so big. Man, that's, yeah, that's that's craziness. I have one more story. Um, I Remember when you texted me when we were talking about doing this episode, you texted me that there was Bigfoot sightings in Kansas? Yeah. And then I texted back that it was probably people just like, uh, you know, not being familiar with how some of the locals around here look. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's me <laughs> being a dick. But <laughs> but yeah, I live in Kansas now and I actually did find uh, a story out of Kansas of a Bigfoot sighting. So I thought I would share that since, I mean, where Nate still lives and where I used to live in Washington. I mean, geez. There's about a million because that's. Oh yeah, there was in Washington. It's something Bigfoot like territory six hundred and and change sightings, and then the next one down is four hundred and change, and mm-hmm. then after that, it's in the three hundreds and down. So it's, uh, I mean, that's 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 something else. I imagine there's not a lot in Kansas. So this story was submitted to the YouTube channel called Cryptid Tales. So. uh check them out i guess they got a uh, an email address that you can uh submit some story some your stories to if you want it uh right out on their channel it's a very nice one it's one of those ones where it's like just the guy dictating and it's just kind of like a like a montage of uh pictures here and there most of which are a burning fire which uh is you know quite aesthetically pleasing yes yeah so uh, the episode... By the way, <laughs> uh, according to the BFRO, there have been 48 Bigfoot sightings in Kansas. All right. Well, 48. That's not a huge amount. The episode is titled Bigfoot Terrorizes Woman in Kansas. And so here it is verbatim. And let me tell you, that took a while. It's about uh, 10 minutes, the story. And I, since I didn't... Um, know if it was going to be online since it was submitted directly to the to the youtube channel um i just had to like type it out like oh word wow word, yeah. like <laughs> going above and beyond like, it, it took a fucking hour so ju- just letting you know <laughs> <laughs> but i was like no this kansas story must be told <laughs> i live in kansas the last place on earth you would think about Bigfoot, and I was the last person that would probably ever think about one or them or it, whatever you call them. 
Bigfoot is not something I ever gave much thought to, but now I can't help but think about it every day, and I wanted to share my experience. Me and my husband rent a house in northeastern Kansas, which makes sense. If you are going to see Bigfoot, it's going to be closer to my neck of the woods here in Kansas, which is Topeka's, yeah, it's not all the way north, but it is northeastern bordering Missouri, so definitely um, more trees around. It's not what I would call forest because I grew up in fucking Washington. <laughs> like, so, right, right. Uh, anything other than that does not seem like forest to me, so to speak, but it is very green. There are lots of trees. Jackson County is the closest um, county to, a U or to you in Topeka that has had Sasquatch sightings. Yeah, okay. So I'm pretty sure I've driven through Jackson County. Uh, That's Topeka, north of most you. of it is north of me. Okay, yeah. So Topeka is Shawnee County. And yeah, so directly north. Okay, Jackson County. Probably getting close to Atchison. And the thing with Kansas to to um tell everybody who's not familiar is that, yeah, there are like cities and towns, like I live in the capital, but you don't have to drive more than like about 15 minutes before you're like in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right. It's, you know, it's not like big city and then there's just miles and miles of suburbs everywhere. Um, it's, it's just like, okay, here's a city, but everywhere around it, there's fucking nothing. <laughs> I've made deliveries actually, like just, I don't know. <laughs> 11 minutes away, I actually thought I was going to get murdered, like, delivering wow. some Uber Eats for a guy, like, who ha owned a ranch, and it was just, you know, like, 10 miles out of town, and, um, I mean, there's just nothing, nothing around. I mean, the house was easy enough to find, but it was, like, two miles down a fucking dirt road and stuff off this, like, first it was, like, the the freeway, and then it's just, like, this sort of like you know paved road that goes onto this other road where there's like nothing and then finally a dirt road and which is like two and a half miles down this dirt road and i'm like oh wow. my god somebody just did this to like lure a person out here <laughs> right uh, there's a footpath and then you know you've got to yeah, get on a, and then, a donkey and then it's like it was the only uh there then there was like this gate and then the driveway was like super fucking long and it was a ranch but yeah then you know it's like oh, okay well this is like the only house like that i can even see <laughs> that's crazy so it was easy to find the house but i was so apprehensive you know tip me nice yeah out in cool. the middle of nowhere damn but yeah i mean it doesn't take long to get in the middle of nowhere out here me and my husband rent a house in northeastern Kansas. As part of our rental agreement, we help run the soybean fields that the owner has on the property. Our house sits about a quarter mile off dirt road, and unless you know where you are going, you wouldn't even see it. Behind our house is two large barns that, that house the farming equipment, and then behind those is the two uh, soybean fields. The two fields are split by a finger of woods that come up towards the barns. Those woods connect to more woods that border the river that runs across the backside of the property. That's how I think the Bigfoot get to our house. I mean, from what I have been able to find on the internet, these things live in the woods, and the rest of the property is all wide-open fields, so I figured that's gotta be it. My husband builds houses for a living and is gone for long hours during the day and sometime into the late evenings. 
Our son is mostly grown and away at college, so I'm usually the only one here during the day. At first, things would happen, and I have to be honest, I thought the place was haunted. I'd be laying in bed, and I'd hear a loud thump on the wall, or I'd hear a thud on the other end of the house, things going bump in the night. But one night, something sounded like it smacked the wall right by my head, and I could tell right away it was on the outside. My husband snores like a bear and could sleep through thunder, so of course he never heard it. But about once or twice a week this would happen, always in the middle of the night after we were in bed with all the lights off. But one day, things changed. I was home alone and was putting up some laundry in the bedroom when I heard something hit the outside of the house hard. Since it was daylight, I had my nerve up enough to go, out, go outside and see what was going on. Right there on the ground next to the house was a large rock. You could even see where it hit the siding on the house. I looked all around and listened, but I didn't see or hear anyone. I'm standing there thinking that someone had thrown a rock at my house when it dawned on me that there just ain't nobody around there for miles. Yeah, it's right. A ten- <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... It's a- yeah, like, who's going to be doing this? Yeah, and you would hear the car come up, I'm sure. Right. It's a 10-minute drive on either dire- in either direction before you even see a house. It just seemed kind of a ridiculous thing for some kid to do, but at the time I thought, what else could it be? I told my husband about it and showed him the rock and the siding. He reached the same conclusion that it was just some kid having fun, so we pretty much dismissed it, even though it didn't explain the noises I'd hear in the middle of the night. Or how the fucking kid got there. <laughs> right. It's a long way to go on foot just to throw yeah. some rocks at someone's house. No shit. Then one night we were in the living room and had stayed up watching a movie. My husband had just turned the TV off to head to bed when we heard the back storm door swing open and slam back shut. My husband grabbed a gun and ran out back, but again, nobody was there. So you can tell this is Kansas because they just have a gun handy. <laughs> right, right. Well, anyone who lives on in that kind of property, I'm sure, has a gun. Well, yeah, you know. If it takes ten minutes to get to the next house, and you need help. Better to well, help yourself with a gun. <laughs> at that point, <laughs> you, you should just help yourself. Not wait for the police to get there or whatever. My husband grabbed a gun and ran out back again, back, but again, nobody was there. After that, he installed one of those motion detector lights on the back corner of the house next to the driveway. If anyone pulled up behind the house or walked into the backyard, the light would come on. Everything seemed to quiet down a bit after the light got installed. A few months later, my husband's work had slowed down, so I took a job bartending in town four nights out of the week for extra money. Because I worked clothes... I wouldn't get home until 3 a.m. or sometimes later in the morning. So the closing shift at the bar. Yeah. I had been bartending probably a few weeks. And then one night I came home and parked in my usual spot behind the house. As I was walking up the, to the back door, I tripped and fell, hitting the ground face first. Luckily, I was more pissed off than hurt. I picked myself up and started digging around for my keys. And that's when I realized the lights didn't come on. It was completely dark back there. Like, this part of the story was just like, holy fucking shit. Like, 
That would be terrifying. Right? It's 3 a.m. You fell in the dark and like you're not even probably thinking twice about it, especially since it's newer. And then all of a sudden you realize like, wait a second, like why the fuck aren't the lights on? Yeah, why <laughs> is it so fucking dark? Why is it so fucking dark? The great question. Needless to say, I gave my husband a good talking to about needing to change the light bulb or whatever was wrong with the light that caused them not to come on and resulted in my nearly breaking my neck. So the next day, he gets on the ladder and goes to check the light. He yelled for me to come outside and have a look, so I did. The little trigger pad thing that detects the motion had been shoved up to where it was pretty much pointing up at the sky as far as it could go. The light worked fine. My husband swore up and down he didn't do it, and I can't think of a reason why he would. The light itself was on the corner of the house and sits a good eight or nine feet off the ground. It was like something had moved it intentionally so the light wouldn't come on. That's when I knew something weird was going on, and the light thing didn't stop. My husband would adjust the sensor, and then a few days later it would be pointed back up in the air. And during those nights where I'd come home late and lights wouldn't be working, weird things would happen. The spot where I park next to the path going to our back door, but on the opposite side of the driveway, is two large cedar trees. Well, they're more like large bushes, but we call them trees. Anyway, they are pretty big, probably about 10 feet tall, and side by side cover the entire length of my car. Anyway, one night I came home, and it's pretty late, even for me. I noticed the light didn't come on, so I find my back door key before getting out of the car. Well, as soon as I get out of the car and shut the door, something makes this real deep growl from behind those cedars. I had never heard anything like it, but it absolutely terrified me. I don't have the greatest eyesight in the world, but I could have swore I saw something standing just on the other side of the bushes. In the dark, it looked like an extra lump that usually isn't there, if that makes any sense. A few days later, I go outside one morning to take out the trash, and there's a huge limb off of one of the cedars, and it's just laying on the top of my car. There hadn't been any wind or storms that night, and honestly, it looked like someone had just laid this big old limb right on the top of my car. Then another morning, I come out to my car to run to the store, and I find the passenger's side door, the one by the cedars, standing wide open. Now, we live in the country, out in the middle of nowhere, so I never really think to lock my car doors at night. I don't even have anything worth stealing. So imagine my shock when I find the car has been rummaged through, every loose item in the front, an empty McDonald's cup, my CDs, the floor mats, Everything had been taken from the front and thrown into the back seat, but nothing was missing. At this point, I didn't even know what to think. It was like somebody had to be messing with me, but who would go to all that trouble out here in the middle of nowhere in a place where people will shoot trespassers with no hesitation? The one night, Then one night, I saw something, and it all seemed to fall into place. It was another late night at the bar, and I was tired and just wanted to get home. I pulled up to the drive, and to my surprise, the light came on. I got out of my car, set my purse on the roof, and started digging for my house key. As I'm digging around, I catch movement out of the corner of my eye over by the cedars. I look up and see the back of this tall, hairy thing on two legs walking away from the cedars, kind of towards the first big barn. 
it wasn't real wide so much as it was tall. It seemed almost lanky with long arms swinging as it walked. I just stood there with my mouth open staring at the thing as it walked away. Before I knew it, it turned the corner and walked back behind the barn. Between the cedars and where it disappeared behind the barn is a good hundred feet or so, and it covered it in hardly no time just walking. It was dark, and I never saw its front, but it was completely covered in dark hair. I'm guessing dark brown or black, except for its hands and the soles of its feet. It was maybe a foot or a foot and a half shorter than the cedars, so probably eight and a half or nine feet tall. Like I said, more tall than wide, lanky looking with long arms. It didn't make a sound and it never looked back at me. I also have no idea why it took off walking. It could have just stayed hid behind the cedars and I probably wouldn't have even noticed it. But I know what I saw. It was a Bigfoot and after, all of it seemed to make sense. I don't know why it did the things it did or why it was even coming up to the house like that. My husband thinks it might have been attracted to the trash barrels out back, but I don't know. I wish it had just stayed back in the woods and done its own thing. Anyway, that's my story, for whatever it's worth. So, these things really are everywhere, it seems. Even in Kansas. Even in Kansas. <laughs> it's interesting how, I mean, it presents as a haunting to begin with. It presents as some kind of poltergeist. You. You right. totally see that. You can totally see it. I mean, it just you're like, yeah, this is a fucking poltergeist. I mean, mm -hmm. it just it's it's the same thing. They're so elusive. You don't see them. You don't expect right. anything to be fucking with you where you're at. It's uh, it's wild. Yeah, pretty wild. Well, if you folks enjoyed our talk about Sasquatch, be sure to check out bfro dot net. That is Bigfoot field researchers organization you can sign up for expeditions there they happen you know throughout the country if you go to an expedition you may get invited to join the club so that's pretty cool also be sure to listen to sasquatch chronicles with wes can't think of his last name uh awesome podcast tons of first-hand accounts of sasquatch encounters and tons of episodes, so if you're looking to, for something to binge, I mean, I'd say in a, a podcast with like 700 plus episodes is... Uh... Yeah, I think it's almost 700. It's like between 650 and 700. It's crazy. Yeah. There's a shitload. And so there's a lot of really interesting things to hear. Mm-hmm. You can always find us at any place that we are as far as the social media is concerned under Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast. You can donate to our Patreon patreon.com slash stranger than podcast for two dollars a month you can get ad free episodes and for five dollars a month in addition to the ad free episodes you get a bonus true crime episode check out the podcast syndicate we are a, are a part of age of radio at ageofradio.org you can also listen to our podcast there at ageofradio.org slash stranger than we would like to hear your stories send us a story about something paranormal some crazy shit you saw in the woods alien encounters anything like that i'd like to do a listener episode i think it would be cool send it to stranger than podcast at gmail.com and with that i think we will talk to you next time and stay strange Whoa.